previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. And really, really happy to let you know there's a code. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah. So for the next couple of weeks, the listeners of this fine podcast can use the code CHOXY, C-H-O-X-Y, to get 20% off all the standard ticket wow. prices that right. you may put into your basket. So, you know, so if nice. you forego that and support charity, that's fine too, but we know that everyone likes a good code. Roxy, we now have two codes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Welcome back to the Lloyd Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy. Yeah, Chuck. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. More importantly... Happy La Cheeserie Night Eve. Ooh. Now, we're obviously going to start with that. But before we do that, can I just say, <laughs> Eric Londrigan, episode four, is a freaking genius. Okay? You know how Tony's always, uh, Dan Burns a genius. Dan yeah, Burns a genius. Yeah. And we agree 100%, <laughs> mm-hmm. which we're excited. We're going to get to see him tomorrow. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Littles. Eric Londrigan is a genius. Okay? I mean... I even showed this to Roxy. She had no idea what it meant because, of course, she didn't hear the episodes on the big show. But the drawing he did of Tony as the porch pirate with the golf club. Once cane, it was explained to me and I heard that part of and it. And the undies box. Yes. I mean, freaking hilarious. Eric and Lonergan, episode four, is a genius. It's, yeah. It's, and it, how quickly. That's the thing. The quick turnaround and everything like yeah, that. It's yeah. amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bravo. Going to give him the... Uh, Distant clap in the in-studio clap. That was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and, okay, so we've got a jam-packed episode at Roxy, and you know what that means. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. We will be getting to Jimmy Buffett and other things, yes. but we're going to do that later in the show. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to start with La Cheeserie Night, because it's tomorrow, okay? La Cheeserie Night, Littles, anyone near the Syracuse area, you have to be there. You have to. It's such a good time. There's going to be a lot of heavy hitters well, there. Well, here's the thing. I think it's still kind of an infant in its well, it's only, how it's, long this it's is been around. Year, part two. So yeah. I would say it's just an amazing opportunity, another amazing yeah. opportunity for the Littles to come together and celebrate each other and the fandom. And I'm excited because there's so many people that are going to be there that weren't there last year, first yes. of all. Yes. So, I mean... It's we, even bigger than last year, Absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, the heavy hitters. I mean, episode one is going to be there. Clarence yeah. Hall is going to be there. Uh-huh. Dan freaking Burns is going to be there again. Episode 30. Yes. I mean, and then there's new ones for us. Tom Mosser, episode 206. Howie yep. Stoops, he stoops. Oh, yeah. Episode 199, the Sheremitas are going to be there. Yeah. Ritz and his lovely wife are going to be there. Yes. So, I mean, newcomers. And Chuck and Roxy are oh, going to be and there. Oh, and Chuck and Roxy are going to be there. Oh, did we forget to mention that? So, episode 55. Why wouldn't you want to come out to La Cheeserie Night Part Deux? Yes. Okay, tomorrow night, Syracuse. Now, it's even, I'm telling you, it's getting as big as almost Jingle Fest because there is pre-gaming, okay? It's there not, is. Wh- what did we call the one before? Mingle Fest? Mingle Fest. Okay, it's not Mingle Fest, but what we are doing, Littles, is, well, I'm just going to read this post. I think uh, episode one put this in one of the Facebook groups. It says, La Cheeserie Night Pre-Gaming. And it says, join your fellow Littles at Jake Hafner's Restaurant and Tavern. That's Jake Hafner, episode 177. And the address is 5224 West Taft Road. That's in North Syracuse, New York. The zip code is 13212, just in case you want to put that in your little Google machine or whatever that maps or whatever you Google map, <laughs> whatever one you use. I don't care. Just get there. And it's anytime from 1 to 5 p.m. 
So we're going to be good and looped before the game, I think. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, again, Jake Hafner's, if you need, if you want to get the menu, just jakehafners.com. That'll be in the show notes. It says, go to the tavern side of the bar where we will be gathering at the Dog Bone, it's called. Ah. A giant table reserved just for us. Chessie approves. Aww, See you there. Cute. So, again, jakehafners.com if you want to check out the menu, what, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good time, Littles. Don't miss it if you're anywhere near. I mean, we had people from Buffalo, I and mean, we've got people coming up from the DMV this year. So yeah. it's kind of cool. It's going to be great. So be there or be square. Roxy, we wanted to do a special episode since the big show's not on today. Yes. So give you all something to listen to, and you don't you won't on go on your trip to Syracuse. On your trip to Syracuse, you won't miss the big show. And we wanted to give you this, and so we wanted to do something special. So we're gonna go into the LL Pod time machine. Ooh, I love the time machine. Are you ready? Machine. All right, buckle up, Roxy. I'm buckled. <laughs> We can find you on iTunes and all that. Is that where? So, yeah, I mean, Spotify, iTunes, wherever fine music is streamed. Okay. Just look for Money for Guns. And we just put out a couple old collections. We'll have a full length record coming out in the spring that I have never said this in my 20 years of recording music. This is going to be our masterpiece. Like, wow. I cannot believe these songs are this good. I'm lucky to be on the record. So be on the lookout for that. But, you know, the songs are good. They're great driving records. Just good old-fashioned American rock and roll. So wherever you stream your music, you will find us there. So, Roxy, I got to thinking. Yeah. We get a lot of those type of situations where they promote things, things like that. But, we, you know, the independent artists inside of us, we thought, why don't we check in yeah. and see how this went? Did the album happen? Now, if you listen to the big show religiously, you know it freaking happened. But it, it we're going to get into all that. Let's welcome back to the podcast, Will Salisbury. Hey, Will, how's it going? It's going well. How are you all? How are things in the Big Apple? It's good. We're surprised you're even speaking to us now because after that appearance on the big show, that was was kind of crazy. That was amazing. Look, I'm back here because I want my two-timers jacket. I know SNL has a five-timers jacket, but I want my Loyal Littles podcast two-timers jacket, which I assume would be some sort of sequence to match, like, you know, Radio City or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Lots of sparkle. Well, I do have to say, I did kind of, like, have a proud moment, put my chest out a little bit. Yeah. When they played All the Catholic Girls Love Paul Simon, okay, on the big show, and Tony just thought it was amazing. And I'm sitting here like... Yeah, Loyal Little's podcast plays that about a few months ago. Yep, you're a little behind <laughs> the times, Tony. No, I mean, seriously, that was just like, that was kind of cool. So cool. You know, that's so happened cool. before. So let's not keep the audience in suspense any longer. This did happen, right? I mean, we heard this on the big show. We heard the playback from your appearance on episode 191, uh-huh. and this was a big project for y'all. Let's talk about it. How'd it go? Oh, like Sisyphus, I pushed the rock to the top of the hill once again. Um, with a lot of help from the rest of the band. So we finished the record. It's called All the Darkness That's in Your Head, a really jaunty, upbeat title for an album. And (laughs) it's finally out on vinyl and everywhere you can stream it. And it it is my magnum opus. It's my my masterpiece that me and the guys painted. I cannot be more proud of it. I can't believe it's this good because I'm on it. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, so well, it, we did bury the lead. We should say the name of the band. It's Money for Guns. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. And we have a copy of the vinyl. We do. And it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's no, kind of cool. I mean, I haven't. The vinyl thing for me is really cool. It is very cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the only way. I mean, people either stream it or listen to records. No one's got a tape deck in their, like, 1982 Caprice Classic anymore. So it's right. vinyl or digital. Yes. Right. And what was the other song that was played on the big show? Because they did two. 
So it was called Smooth Long Legs and a Cigarette, That's um, <laughs> which is about exactly what you think it's about. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so, so Dave, uh, my best friend since fourth grade, he's a guitar player in the band. He just sent me this riff one day, and it was so good. I'm like, it sounds like a Cars song, like the band The Cars from the 80s. I was like, we have to make this a song. So it took me a couple months, and finally I was turning the corner to drive home. And I just saw this gal standing there smoking a cigarette right by a hospital because, you know, as you do. And I was like, smooth, long legs and a cigarette. And I pulled over, texted it to myself, and I was like, that's going to be the song. And it was. It worked out very well. Wow. That's so cool. Inspiration can come from anywhere. (laughs) It's very true. So what's the story between all the Catholic girls love Paul Simon? (laughs) So Kyle Kelly, um, he's the Mike Campbell, the Lennon to Mike McCartney, however you want to do it. Um, the other songwriter in the band, and he just sent us his email one morning, the whole band, and I just, the title of it is All the Catholic Girls Love Paul Simon, and that's not something you don't open. So I was like, <laughs> I opened this, and he played us this version he recorded while he was in New Jersey, where his wife and her two sisters, they all were there together for like a family reunion type thing, and it's true that all Catholic girls love Paul Simon. And he wrote it about them. He sent it to all of us and all of us responded within the same five minutes. Like, this is absolute genius. This is going on the record. Yeah. It's done. And it's so insanely catchy. And all I want, if I can do one thing in this world, is to get Paul Simon to actually listen to that song. So whatever pull you have up there, (laughs) you can call his wife, Edie Bacall. I don't know if like Roxy and her are close or how that works, but if you could make that happen, I would be very grateful. Edie Brickell from the New Bohemians. Oh, hmm. I did not know that. No. Oh, yeah. Huh. What I am is what I am here. Yeah. All right. We'll see we'll what make we some can calls. do. <laughs> I don't really, off the top of my head, I can't think of any connections we have. I would think Tony would have better <laughs> connections than we have, but Greg you never Garcia, know. Maybe Greg Garcia, if what? we ever get him on. Yeah. If episode zero ever comes on, <laughs> we're, st- we're still going to try. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, the, cool. There's another one on here. It's called, We Knew This Would Kill. Now, yes. is that just... Like you knew this song kicked ass and that's what it was or? So you remember 2020? The show? Well, like, you know, our whole, <laughs> yeah, 2020. <laughs> uh, I'm Ted Koppel right. and this is 2020. <laughs> so our whole lives, you know, you know, I guess, well, Chuck, you and I are about the same age. Roxy, you're, you're a little younger. But our whole lives, people have been telling us that the world was going to end. Yeah, yeah. And I'm right. like, whatever. And 2020 was the first time I was like, yeah, this might, this might right. happen. Yeah. And I was reading a lot of Dennis Johnson novels at the time. There's a, the chorus says, you know, whisper out loud the name of the world, which is the name of one of his books that I was reading. And I just, it's just kind of about right after the apocalypse and someone just kind of walking under a gray ashen sky. And that's what it's about. My sister sings backup vocals on it. It's oh, absolutely nice. amazing. So it's about, there's only one road that led us to where we are. And it's like, we, we knew this was going to happen. And that's kind of what it was about. Gotcha. Another, another upbeat tune for Money for Guns for all of you. Sure. Gotcha. I'm just going to spoil alert now. We're excited because we're going to play song one from side one uh, mm-hmm. when we come back with our Meet the Littles guest. Yes. And that's called I'm Electricity. It is the sexiest song I've ever written. Uh, okay. Cool. Well, that's really why we're doing it then. Uh, We'll look forward to that for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just it's amazing to hear you talk about this project that has been months ago. You know, was it years so ago? How long? Long what? in the making, and how proud you are of October. it. Last wow. October. Yeah, it was last October, right? Yeah. It's almost a year ago. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I know people tell you these stuff and the platitudes, but it's things like you folks doing this for people like me that you keep independent music alive. You keep getting new music into people's ear holes. It's more important than you know. 
and I am more thankful than I can express. So thank oh. you both so much. It's our pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, you can actually thank Tony because he's the one that gave us the idea. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's that was like I said, that was the one thing I was definitely ripping off. And yep. I'll say it. I ripped it off. Yep. You know, it was his. I can't take credit for it. I'm glad they do it. Yeah. And I love that they yeah. do it. And I was like, it was so important to us that I said, we're going to do it. Yes. So uh, yeah, this is great. And I'm so glad that you got on their show because obviously oh, they I get know. many more listeners than we do. Sure. But we have our nice following and a small family and yep. it'll be a good reminder if you haven't already gone and just bought one or two songs or better yet, buy the whole album. Oh get the gosh. vinyl. It's amazing. I, I will say how many people are at the Last Supper? Like what kind of gig would have that been to play, huh? Mm. So it's not how many. <laughs> it's not the quantity. It is the quality. And it's sure. a high right. quality fan base. Anytime I tag the Loyal Littles and anything, man, it's like people are all about it. Because we're, you know, we're a family. It's weird. Like, we're, none of us have seen each other in person, but we're all this weird little island of misfit toys that for some <laughs> yep. reason love this old, ornery, bald, orange man that brings us all together. Yep. Tony's our orange sun that we all orbit around. That's true. That's very true. Now, real quick, because we're almost out of time, but full disclosure, I re-listened to your episode because I knew you were coming on to do Five Mediocre Minutes. And, you know, the big thing that you plugged at the end was this once-a-year charity yes. thing you do fundraiser and it's in december how did that go oh there was no room left in my suv of things that we gathered and then we also i think it was like 250 or 300 dollars in cash that we gave and the folks were so thankful and thankful of everyone that helped out thank you all for helping me plug it it was a huge success. We're obviously going to do it again in the same place this year. Right. We play a ton of really cool gigs at really cool venues, but yeah. this is my buddy's bar, and it's the most important one we do. And it was, it was, a, I think it was the tenth time we did a huge success again. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, yeah. Good. What's the name good. of the bar again? I just can't remember. It's called the Arena Bar. The arena. It's right. about four blocks from where the old St. Louis Arena used to be, where the yep. Blues first played when they came to St. Louis. So, nice. Yeah. Well, please send us an email. Like in the beginning of December, time. and we'll replug it yep. again mm -hmm. for oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah, and um, plug everything again. How can we get the album? It's on everywhere, right? So yeah, you go to our website, money-for-guns.com. Just put us in the Google machine, you'll find us. It's on Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you stream fine music, Apple Music, whatever those other ones are that I get random two or three cents from every few months. So <laughs> just stream it, and it's like folks, like all the other loyal littles listening, that help us by just organically sharing it out and just saying, hey, check this band out. It takes you two seconds. It means a ton to us. So anywhere yeah. you stream your music is where you find us. Great. And yes, Littles, those follows, those one song. They mean a lot. They mean, mm -hmm. It means a lot. It really does. And uh, yeah. we're just excited. You know, when we when we heard you on the big show, it was like, oh, my gosh, Roxy, that's the guy. Yeah, that, yeah. It's, it's here. The album's here. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and all that stuff. So I was like, we got to get him back on for five mediocre mm -hmm. minutes. So thank you for taking the time. And Littles, this album is going to be great. It, I mean, it is great. It's already here. So go get it. Yeah. And stay tuned because we're going to play a tune coming back. It's called I'm Electricity. We're really excited. Will, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on for five mediocre minutes. We really appreciate it. Thank you both. I'll email over my address for the second timer's jacket. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. We'll have we to have get to patches or maybe stripe. I don't know. We'll have to think of something. We have to do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, all right, Littles, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Greg Sharmita from Ashburn, Virginia, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
Littles, we are being played in by Money for Guns, and this song is called I'm Electricity. Now, don't forget, you can find their stuff all over the place Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music. But like Will said, the best place to go is to their website, which is money for guns.com. Everything will be there, and most importantly, Littles, like he said, it's more about word of mouth and things like that. Just tell your friends, hey, listen to this band. And as always, we will play the full song, I'm Electricity, at the end of the podcast. I'll strike the city With the thunderbolts of lightning It'll burn the brightest rear And kill all the darknesses in your ear All you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy. Chuck. Now, we've been talking off air for a little while now. Yeah. Okay, getting to know this guy. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> thought there was going to be some issues. I'm going back on that now. Yeah. Okay? He has a Never handle. Never judge a book by its cover, Chuck. Well. I'm learning that he, right with you. He has a handle that says DukeGrad96. And Ooh. I was like, oh, that's going to be a punk. <laughs> he was right there during the good years. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, you know what. <laughs> I think we're okay. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're great. He seems like a nice guy, but we're going to find out. Please welcome to the podcast, Chris Campbell. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. Thank you very much for having me. He's like, it was going well until that intro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you listen to the podcast enough, I'm sorry, man. Duke is like the freaking Yankees to me. It's anybody but Duke. Go Tar Heels. And I was like, (laughs) and when I saw the 96, I was like, oh, man, he was there for the good years. And it's going to get worse. There's, he filled out the form, okay? But yeah. I have to say, I'm not just saying this because he's on the podcast, Littles. He seems like a really nice guy. Absolutely. We've been talking for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. already off air. Mm-hmm. And he seems like it's going to be okay. He doesn't seem like, one of, those, like you thought. one of those jerks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say this. I have made note of those, you know, like George Millay in his story about Duke and being at Satisfaction and those Maryland people that have been on the podcast. But here's a quick fun story since you are a Carolina guy. Okay. Um, not only did I went to Duke, I actually coached at the University of Maryland. And one year we were playing Carolina, and I was friends with a lot of their staff. So you see sure. them out recruiting and friendly and all that. And I just remember during warmups looking out and seeing those powder baby blue <laughs> uniforms and thinking, I hate that color. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Roxy, and now the best part, he, he's not even a Barry the Leap guy. No. Okay, that's no? on the form. It says over 20 years as a basketball coach, 10 years at the college level. Okay. So we were getting yep. there. Nice. But I love that he just ripped that Band-Aid right yeah, off. Yeah, no, cool. Right? <laughs> well, listen, Chris, though, let's go way back. Let's meet you. Take us back. Tell us a little something about yourself. Well, I was born, actually, in Westchester County, New York. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And I lived there until I was nine. Mm-hmm. And then my dad took a different job down here in the D.C. area. And we moved down to Montgomery County and lived in Potomac. And so I went to high school in Montgomery County here, went to college at Duke, obviously. And then I left college and actually spent a number of years working for a nonprofit, both in D.C. and Montgomery County. And then as I was working with the nonprofit, I started coaching at the high school level. And I've actually coached field hockey, golf, volleyball, soccer, and basketball. Wow. Wow. But I got into basketball on the boys' side here in Montgomery County, and then 
the coach left and the new coach decided to go a different direction with his assistants and the girls coach started to recruit me to kind of help them out. So I started working with the girls and we won a couple of Maryland state titles in three years, won back-to-back titles. Wow. And then I started coaching at the college level. I reached out to the AD at Catholic University who I knew through other people. And he put me in touch with Maggie Lonergan, who was the head coach on the women's side at Catholic. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her husband, Mike Lonergan, was the longtime Catholic men's coach. Then he became an assistant at the University of Maryland with Gary Williams. And then Mike became the Vermont coach and was at Vermont for many years. And then he eventually went to GW. And so I, I worked for Maggie for one year and then Mike got the Vermont job. So they moved their family up to Vermont. And the AD at the time, the interim AD, so it was a different AD than I had originally contacted, actually her name was Gia Saliza, who's also known as the better half of Chris Saliza. Right. (laughs) And Gia was the field hockey coach, and she was also the interim AD, and she called me up and she said, Chris, you know, I don't know what we're going to do here at Catholic, but the head coach at Marymount wants to talk to you about being on his staff. And Marymount's in Northern Virginia, Uh a small private division three school. So I went and met up with Bill and worked one of his camps. And then actually I was headed out to work the Pete Newell big man camp out in Las Vegas, which is this elite uh, big, you know, they have NBA post players and all that. And I told Bill, I needed a week to think about it. And then he happened to call me as I was getting on the plane in Vegas to come back to DC. And I said, Bill, I think I'll take the job with you. So I ended up being at Marymount for three years. We won one conference title there, but lost in the NCAA tournament in the first round and had a great time with Bill. And then I happened to be on the road recruiting one April and sitting in a gym. And I ended up sitting next to Tina Martin, who at the time was the head coach at the University of Delaware. And so Tina... And I just started talking basketball. Mm-hmm. We'd never met before. She started asking me about kids in my area down here in D.C. that probably could play at her level and what I thought of certain kids. And then uh, we were both watching the same court. We were watching different kids, obviously. You know, Delaware is a mid-major Division One program. Mine was a Division Three program. But she said, tell me what you think of this kid. Uh, and it ended up being a point guard who ended up coming to Delaware. And mm-hmm. we just had a great conversation. You kind of have these conversations with coaches. You get to know them here and there. And then about a week later, she called me and said, I have an assistant who's leaving and I'm interested in hiring you for the position. She goes, I'm not interested in a search committee. She goes, I want you to come up and meet our staff and meet our players. And as long as nobody has an issue with your connection with them, then I'm going to hire you. Of course, assuming that I would want the job. (laughs) So, you know, I said, that's great. And I went up and I met with her staff and I met with her players and just really connected with them. And in the meantime, I had also become the golf coach at Marymount. So I was not only the assistant, I was the associate woman's head basketball coach, and then I was the golf coach. But I ultimately felt like I really needed to see what the division one world was like. Yeah. And so uh, I accepted the job from Tina and ended up going up to Delaware, you know, and it's just a lesson that you never know what relationships you're going to build. Like I always tell young coaches and former players who become coaches, you have to learn how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to build connections and you always have to assume people are watching you. So I often go to the final four and see young coaches who they behave like it's kind of maybe spring break or you know, a vacation. And, and my mentality is you never know who's watching you. You never know who might offer you a job somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. So I went to the University of Delaware. I spent two years in Newark and not Newark, but Newark, Delaware. <laughs> and I love my time in Delaware. 
lived right on the edge of the Main Street college town. I could walk to Panera and walk to different restaurants, and I could literally walk across the campus to work every morning. Uh, I didn't do that during the season, but I would do that during the spring and fall. Yeah. And it was just great being there. I did get the coach, Elena Deldon, when she was at Delaware for one year. And then after two years at Delaware, I happened to be talking to one of the assistants from the University of Maryland. And Tina told me that they had somebody on their staff who was leaving. And I said, would Brenda ever consider me? And she said, absolutely. And then I happened to fly to the next location I was recruiting at. And I ran into uh, another assistant from Maryland, David. And he said, yeah, we definitely should talk to you. And then I happened to be on the road a third place. You know, when you're recruiting during July, it's literally like each day in a different city. It's crazy. Yeah. But I happened to be in a third place and I ran into another member of their staff. And he said, so I hear you're interested in the position. So the word had gotten around in two days among (laughs) their staff. And so then Brenda called up Tina uh, at Delaware to kind of ask permission to talk to me. You know, the way done well in my book. And, uh, And I went down and interviewed all day with her staff and her support staff and some of the players at Maryland. And a few days later, she offered me a job back here in the DMV and I accepted. And so I was at College Park for three years. So that was kind of my tour around a bit of the Mid-Atlantic at different levels. And obviously as good as Delaware was, Maryland is in the ACC and it's a power five team. Well, they weren't, they aren't in the ACC now, but they were when I was there. Yeah. And I left right before they moved to the Big 10. I was also there for Gary Williams's last year on the men's side. And it was just a great time. We won an ACC title in 2012. We made the Elite Eight that year down in Raleigh. Uh, And then the next year, my last year there, we lost in the Sweet 16 to Connecticut, but also playing at the same site was Delaware, who would lose in the Sweet 16 to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So I got to see a bunch of my old players as they walked off the court you know, Elena in her last game ever. Mm. And so it was, you know, I mean, you have mixed emotions because your team's about to play, but, right. you know, it was kind of a nice bow tie over kind of my career at Delaware. And and then, uh, you know, I ended up leaving the University of Maryland because actually my wife got ill and it took a while to find a diagnosis, but she has an autoimmune disorder. Um, and we have actually found that some of my kids do as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I left the rat race that is the college world. I think my high one year, I calculated that I spent about 60 nights in hotels in one year, yeah. which you guys can associate with. Yep. yep, for sure. But and at the time I was at the University of Delaware, I was not married. I did not have kids. But then, you know, when you have a wife that's dealing with a long term medical issue and young children, it's just not conducive to be on yeah, the road that yeah. much. So, yeah. so I actually came back and coached at one. Uh, I wasn't going to coach at all. And then one high school in Montgomery County fired their coach right before the season. And, and they asked me to coach. So I coached for there for a year. And then I moved over to my neighborhood school uh, where actually my oldest now goes to school and coached there for four years. Um, and then I kind of got out of the game in terms of coaching. You know, my kids were getting a little older. We, I used to grow up skiing. I wanted to take them skiing. Yeah. You can't really do that when you're dedicated as a coach in right. the winter. So I still am involved with the county. I run a summer league in June and I run a fall league that'll begin in October. And it's uh, a lot of the county schools, both public and private participate as well as some schools from Northern Virginia, some schools from DC. So I still am kind of around the game. I still have a lot of connections with college coaches, and I still text with college coaches that I know all the time, including Courtney Banghart, their Chuck, who is the women's coach at Carolina, who I know well. So, you know, it's just been a blessing to kind of be in that world. Yeah. Um, Wow. So 
what a time to be there too with all those great teams. Yeah, yep. Like I've been lucky. You know, you mentioned it, Duke. It was the heyday. Unfortunately, I enrolled in the fall of 1992, right after they won their second of the two titles. Well, you know, it was funny that I, after I said that, I started thinking as you were talking about this other stuff, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I think I got that date wrong. Because I remember <laughs> I was in college when they were like yes. unstoppable. So Littles, put your emails well, no, away. No, 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 no. I mean, no, look, Dukes, they were good then too, but they didn't win well, the back-to-back and yeah, stuff like right, that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, in, in 94, my sophomore year was the year that Grant Hill basically single-handedly took them to the championship game where right. they lost on that rainbow three from Arkansas and Scotty Thurman. And that was a devastating blow. Oh, watching that go in. <laughs> but, and then of course the next year, my junior year is the year of coach K had his back problems. Oh, right. And yeah. Pete Gaudet, who I've gotten to know long after that in the coaching world, but Pete took over the Duke team and, and they finished what, like two and 14 in the ACC. And mm. we lost at the buzzer to wake. We lost at the buzzer at home to Maryland. We had the double overtime, the Hail Mary shot from Jeff Capel to tie Carolina, but then lost in double overtime. And see, that Littles, was just a brutal This is what season. I'm talking about. We've got a Duke fan here who is totally cool with just talking about all the games they lost. I love this because <laughs> this is great. Because, all right, so let's get to your form real quick because we have to redeem yourself here. The form says you saw Duke win the national title over Butler in 2010. So I did. That um, must have been ridiculous. So I, my first Final Four as a Duke fan, and I've been to many Final Fours at the women's side, like as sure. in the profession. Yeah. Well, my first Final Four as a Duke fan was in 2004 when we lost to Connecticut down in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then in 2010, I'm a coach at the University of Delaware, and I'm actually in San Antonio for the women's Final Four. And I'm sitting with a friend watching the men's Final Four, and Duke's playing West Virginia, and Duke wins. And so I reach out to one of the men's coaches at Delaware, and I text him and I say, hey, you know, are you going to use your ticket on Monday? And he goes, no, I'm actually leaving Monday morning. And I said, how many tickets do you have? He said, I have two. And I said, can I buy your tickets off you? And he said, sure. So, and so I call up Southwest, and they're like, well, on Monday morning, we can send you from San Antonio to Houston to Kansas City to Indianapolis. Whoa. And I said, done. Right. And... <laughs> So I land in Indianapolis, I get my rental car, I go to the hotel where my buddy had been. He had left, but he left the tickets with the front desk. Meanwhile, I had called a buddy who lived in Chicago, and I said, look, I got a second got ticket. ticket, we're on the club level, yep. and we're baseline extended on the club level. So he drove down from Chicago, we went to the game. So we're actually baseline extended. So for Roxy, yep. <laughs> potentially, Please. you know, kind of even with the baseline, right? Okay. On the end where Butler's shooting in the second half. Oh, wow. So that half court shot that they play over and over again that Butler takes that didn't yeah. go in, you know, is right on line with us. And it looked in the whole way. And actually the shot that he took the previous possession of fade away on the baseline, I can still picture it, literally looked in. So, yeah, I was there, um, and obviously everybody in, in the arena who was not a Duke fan was rooting for Butler. Mm -hmm. Well, of course. And I get that. Yeah. 100% well, get that. Well, they were that. the Cinderella darlings. How could you not? Yep. Yeah. And I told everybody, look, I would root for Butler if they weren't playing Duke. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yep. So it was a great time, and then I flew out from Indy to back to Baltimore the next morning. And, you know, it's one of those things you can do when a coach and yeah. <laughs> last-minute plane flights. And But, I mean, I could tell you – you know, we don't have time, but yeah. recruiting stories where I've ended up in the wrong place or yeah. barely made a flight. Well, I was going to say the real didn't... success story is that you actually made the flight the next morning after yeah, they won the championship. Right, and you were right. Yeah, it's 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely 100%. All right. Well, listen, we've got a ton more to get into. 
One in particular that we have to get into, because if I don't, Tiny Chuck will never speak to me again. <laughs> but we'll get there. We have so much. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, how lucky are we? Oh, this is amazing. These stories. I know. We got Chris Campbell here. Yes. Okay. Now, before he's got so much on this list... And we have to get to some fun, dumb questions. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about it while we were taking a break, and I'm like, I don't want Tiny Chuck to hate me. So we're going to lead with this one. <laughs> okay? Tiny Chuck, sit down. Okay? Are you sitting? Good. It says here you attended Cal Ripken's the 21-3-1 game. Yes. There are no Nats fans over 25 who didn't root for another team before they rooted for the Nats. And that leads into, I am a Washington Nationals fan. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was a Baltimore Earls fan growing up. I lived through the Jeffrey Marrakech and I lived through Mucina defecting to the Yankees. And, but I, you know, I was a big Cal fan. And so I was in college and it was fall of my senior year. And I happened to be taking a seminar class where it only met on Wednesday nights. I still remember this. And my dad calls me up on Tuesday or Mon- I think Monday or Tuesday and calls me and says, I have two tickets to 2131. He goes, I'll give them to you. But the only condition is you got to take a younger brother. <laughs> And I said, I'm there. Yeah. So then I go hunt down my professor and I find him on campus and I say, is there any way I can make up? I have to miss the seminar on Wednesday night. And he's like, well, it's not ideal. He goes, what's going on? I said, I'm not sure if you're a baseball fan, but I've got tickets to 2131. That's all I said. I didn't say who was involved. Yeah. He goes, well, if you're not going to use them, can I have them? (laughs) And I said, so I'll see you next week. He goes, sounds good. (laughs) And You know, Duke was only four hours from home, so I drove up on Wednesday afternoon and picked up my brother, and we drove up to Baltimore, and and it was an amazing experience just being there. When that game became official, it was just amazing watching the banner go from 21-30 to 21-31. And for all the non-baseball fans out there, this was Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak where he had broken Lou Gehrig's record. Yeah. And he showed up for work and played every game for 2,131 consecutive games. Wow. You know, it ended up being a lot more than that. I can't remember Cal's final yeah. number, but the big number was the 2,131. Yeah. yeah. And then on Thursday, you know, I slept at my parents' house. Thursday, I headed back down to campus, and I was in my class Thursday afternoon. <laughs> now, here's a good trivia question. Do you remember the guy that went in for him on the day when he finally decided to call it quits? I don't. Okay. Do you? I don't either. However... <laughs> No, well, wait, wait. But here's the thing. There's a reason I'm bringing this up. Because the next year, we were on tour with Jekyll and Hyde, and I was with Tiny Chuck. Yeah. And another guy that was a diehard O's fan, we were at some minor league game in some random city. I don't remember where it was. I think it might have even been Ottawa. But the point is, we got to see the guy. Now, through the technology of Google, we figured out his name. What's his name? Uh, Ryan Miner, it looks like. Ryan Miner. We think he's the guy that came in for Cal when he finally took a game off. Mm-hmm. He was playing in that minor league game, and everyone was so excited. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? That's the guy that went in. <laughs> that's his own. The only claim to fame he had at the time I mean, was. that's pretty huge. Well, I guess, yeah. But I just think it's hilarious that yeah. now no one even knows who he is. But, I mean, it's a big, it's a big record. Yeah. So, anyway. Wow. All right. I'm sure there's more stories you could tell about that night, but let's move on. Because we always like to do this, since this is basically an homage to Tony Kornheiser, is how did you become a little and how did you get into him and all that stuff? Well, you know, as I mentioned, when I was nine, I moved to D.C. And, you know, as I entered high school, I started reading the paper sports section first and our family got the Washington Post. And Mm -hmm. so I just started reading. And at the time, it was Boswell and Tony and 
and Wilbon and, you know, as the columnists, and they were all really good. And then I started reading Tony's style column, yep. uh, which was just a big hit and got his books. And But literally when WTEM became an all sports radio station and, and they brought Tony on, I listened to him and Andy basically from the get-go. Mm. Oh, cool. And so I followed the different moves. And obviously I was local, so I could hear, you know, I remember the days when they did three hours in the morning and I'd listen to the same three hours in the afternoon. Yeah. And, and I'd listen to it as I was driving around. So like you'd miss pieces in the morning, but you'd get those pieces in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. Right. Yep. You know, you six hours of Tony a day. And I mean, I remember one of my favorite episodes, a guy calls in. And it was hot out. It was like 100 degrees summer, you know. And he says something like, Tony, this is what you should be doing right now. And we hear like a boing. And literally then we hear garbled. And Tony goes, he's in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> the guy had a waterproof phone and it jumped into his pool oh my while on the phone with Tony. Oh, that's so that's cool. That's amazing. But, you know, his guest, I love that his sports show, while it gave you sports, it was different. Yep. It talked about life. You know, and he talked about people who knew stuff. He talked with Feinstein. He talked with Wilbon. He talked with, you know, writers. He yeah, talked sure. with yeah. general managers. And it was just a smart, witty show. And then, so I'd go off to college and would come home and listen when I was at home and eventually move back up to the area. And then he's on ESPN radio and you can actually listen online. And so I've just kind of followed him from different places. I've had sure. two kind of chance encounters with Tony. One was a missed encounter. Uh, one summer I was a uh, caddy up at Columbia Country Club and I had to call in sick for a tournament. And so my roommate went in cause he was also caddying and he caddied for Tony. No. Oh, so no. I would have been on Tony's bag oh, um, if I had gotten sick that day. And then uh, he and Wilbon, <laughs> you knew, he and Wilbon came up and did a presentation at the University of Delaware when I worked there. So I got to say hi to him when he was oh. after the show, when he was in the bowels of the arena and uh, he wouldn't remember. But yeah, it was, I've always just appreciated his humor and but appreciated his intelligence. And, but it was also not just him talking. Yeah, And I like the interaction of podcasts where people are not just one person talking yeah. at you for two, three yeah. hours. Yep. Now, you touched upon it real quick. You said you were an Orioles fan. Now you're a Nationals fan, right? Is that your favorite sport? It's probably my favorite spectator sport. I, okay. I mean, I'm a Duke alum, so you have to be a men's basketball fan. But I've yeah. been a basketball coach. So it's kind of like it's hard to watch a game without really going, oh, hey, I like that inbounds player. Yeah, right. What in the world are they doing? You yeah. know, and <laughs> so it's a lot harder for me to I, I consume a lot of basketball. Right. But it's not I don't feel that it's necessarily fandom a lot anymore. Now, okay. in terms of Duke, I love all Duke sports. I, I go to a lot of men's lacrosse games and other sports and field hockey and soccer but yeah, it, baseball is, I love the pace of baseball games in the summer. My kids and I go. My Orioles fandom waned when the owner fired John Miller, who was the radio broadcaster. Yeah. And then he kind of let Messina walk away to the Yankees. And so I was like, I'm just kind of done with them. And then within a year or two, MLB announced that the Expos would be relocating. And I was like, this is as good a time as any to become a Nats fan. So I was there, I think, like the eighth game of the Nats ever. I was at Strasburg's first game, which is kind of appropriate now that he's retiring yeah. when struck out 14. And, mm. you know, and eventually we took our kids, my wife and I took our kids to a lot of games and, and they, they just bought into it. You know, my daughter loved to keep score and my oldest loved to do something silly to get on the Jumbotron. <laughs> sure. And my youngest would just run around the house saying, see you later, which is the home run call. 
by the Nats uh, TV play-by-play guy, Bob Carpenter, we've gotten to meet. And so everybody kind of enjoyed it. So we've just kind of, you know, we really enjoy it as a spectator sport. And we were blessed and we started to get, you know, a partial season plan. You know, we went to playoff games in 2012, in 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, we went to the All-Star Game and, and the Home Run Derby. Nice. But then, so 2019 rolls around, you know, and the Nats start out poor and then they, you know, come storming back. Yeah. And during that season, my youngest child, who at the time was five, he's now eight, uh, he'll be nine here in October, he started to have medical problems. At first, they thought it was seizures. So, you know, we're at Children's a lot. Actually, one of the last regular season games, we're at the game and he's just not doing well. And so we take him to the, you know, they have EMTs, obviously, a first aid tent. And so they call an ambulance. So he's actually in the hospital at Children's during the wild card game, the big comeback against the Brewers. So we missed that. Some friends of mine used our tickets and we're watching it on TV and going crazy. And he gets discharged the day of the Nats game against the Dodgers. They would lose game three at home. So I took my wife and him home and picked up my other two kids and the three of us went down to the game. We find out that my son had a blocked artery in his brain and would need brain surgery. Wow. So the Nats make the World Series. I see a tweet from a local reporter saying, hey, we're looking for stories out there. So I send him a tweet and say, I've got a five-year-old with, who's going to need brain surgery. He's just a big Nats fan. So they end up doing a little piece on us because the Nats start the World Series on the road against Houston, right? So game one, we're at Nats Park for a viewing party uh-huh. and they interview us there and they put it on TV. You know, I'm thinking, hey, great, kind of fun. It's fun for the other kids and Grayson loved it. And I think nothing more of it. We have tickets for game three. You know, the Nats win the first two on the road in Houston and they come home. So DC is going crazy for game three. And we have tickets. So my wife and I go to the game. And then the next day, I couldn't go to the game four because actually one of my high school teams and I were being inducted into the Hall of Fame at the high school. Oh, cool. So I was at a Hall of Fame dinner with my two youngest children who came and uh, my wife and the oldest stayed home because my wife needed the rest with her health stuff. And so we have a great time seeing my old players. We get in the car to drive home. I put the game on the radio and I'm on Interstate 270, which goes from kind of DC, the Beltway up to Frederick, Maryland. And I get a phone call from a 202 number and I pick up and it's a vice president with the Nationals. And she says, so I saw your story on Channel 7. And she said, you know how we always have somebody say, it's time for Nationals baseball play ball before a game? I said, sure. She goes, do you think Grayson could do that tomorrow night? I almost ran off the road. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) I'm like, let me pull over for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that's incredible. I say, yeah. And I said, you know, actually, my wife and I, we have two tickets. You know, we were going to come, but we can we get three more tickets for the kids? You know, and she goes, yes. And. So we get there as the gates open for game five. They present him with a jersey that has 19 for 2019 on the back, and it says Grayson. And we had tickets in one of the clubs where, you know, you get the free food and all that. And so they come and get us and wheel us during batting practice. They put him kind of in a wheelchair just to be safe and myself. So we're down at batting practice for the World Series. We're on the warning track behind the cage. Nice. And like Ted Leonsis, who owns the Capitals and the Wizards is standing like 10 feet this way. And <laughs> Wolf Blitzer's like 20 feet that way. So and cool. I mean, it's like a who's who of Washington. Yeah. yeah. And 
So then they have us climb up onto the dugout and they do a video with some pictures we had sent them telling Grayson's story. And then they go live to him and he goes, it's time for Nationals baseball, play ball. And 40 plus thousand people just explode. Oh. Sure, sure. What a special and moment. As a parent, I mean, until maybe my kids get married and maybe, you know, they have kids. Right. Like people always ask, like they post on Twitter, what's your favorite Nationals moment of all time and all right. that. I'll never have a greater one. Yeah, yeah. no, of course. Absolutely. Of course. And people today still recognize Grayson up at the stadium and they're like, oh, it's Grayson. Yeah. And so it's just been a phenomenal experience. I did post on YouTube several clips of like, I suddenly got, I couldn't tell anybody. I suddenly get text messages from people I know who are in the stadium going, oh my God. <laughs> and I have all these people who videos where somebody goes, wait, I know that kid. And, oh, like, and they're videotaping it oh. and sending it to me. Love it. And then the Nats did send us like the official video, but they prefer us not to put their stuff on YouTube, which I yeah, totally get. So my posts on YouTube are, are from other friends' vantage points around the stadium. But yeah, it was an amazing time. Wow. All right. Wow. Roxy, what an amazing story. Yeah. All right. Oh. Uh, Chris, thanks for telling us all these great stories. But we do have to get some fun, dumb questions in before we head out of here. We hope that's okay. Yeah, 100%. All right, Roxy, why don't you start us off? Okay, what do you think is the greatest invention of all time? Indoor plumbing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Almost as good as mine, air conditioning, but I agree 100%. <laughs> all right, if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Again, trying to go with something I don't think people have said. I grew up reading Tintin. Oh. I don't know if you're familiar with Tintin. I've heard I, of it. But it, it's kind of, I think it was originally French and then translated, but it, it's a um, bunch of graphic novels, good for kids, teenagers. And Tintin is a detective reporter uh, who goes on all these adventures around the world with him and his dog. Oh, okay. Okay. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? This is hard because I've heard what other people have said. And I, I thought about like playing Augusta National, like I'm a mm. golfer. Oh, yeah. But then people brought up, well, then they'd see the clubs. Right. I think I would want to be in the Oval Office okay. for a day. Yeah. Cool. Fly on the wall. Yep. Yep. Love that. Fly on the wall. Either that or, you know, Cashman's office now, you know, days. <laughs> yes. You know, with Aaron Boone. Yeah, I just want to see what's going on there. Yeah. All right, last one. Yep. If you could square any condiment from your finger, what would it be? I've got to go with uh, Roxy here with the hot sauce, hot sauce, but it needs to be Frank's hot sauce. <laughs> you know, not any hot sauce is sufficient. Right. Okay. Um, I'm a big Frank's hot sauce fan. Nice. All right, and just because we have to, Coke or Pepsi? I was a Coke guy, but I'm now into the Zeros, and I kind of like Pepsi Zero a little better. Good for you. All right. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Oh, it's got to be smooth. Uh, not Well, all right. I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny? They're always funny unless it's Rob Riggle delivering them on Holy Moly. <laughs> okay. Very specific. Very specific. It's kind of like Wilbon on cool. PTI. Cool. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Chris, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. Now, how can people get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with? I'm on social media. It's Christopher Campbell's my full name on um, Facebook. My Twitter handle is at Coach underscore Campbell. Uh, Instagram is at Coach underscore Chris underscore Campbell. So those are my personal ones. I've got some professional ones as well, but those are the best way. Okay, okay. great. So we don't have to worry about this Duke grad stuff. <laughs> great, great, great. No, Littles, yeah, a very you... pleasant fellow, I Absolutely. have to say. I was Absolutely. a little worried. But <laughs> no Never need judge to... a book by their, their handles. Their college. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yep. So. <laughs> Nicest Duke fan I think I've ever met, sure. honestly. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. And as a watch to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? 
I will say over now, quick story. I once Chuck Todd it and turned our family under and my wife said, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Good for her. Amazing. <laughs> Get that out of here. All right. Well, Chris, thanks again for coming on to meet the littles. We really appreciate the time. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's been a great time. All right. You all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. This is Rob Dundon, and you are listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTSC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and thank you, Chris, for coming on to Meet the Littles. Another jam-packed episode, and it, it just gets better and better with these littles, the stories they have I know, to tell. It's great. Now, I want to do a little cleanup on aisle Chuck, I guess, sort of. I mean, not really. Do I ever get a cleanup? I, you're, you're just perfect, Roxy. I'm no, not. You, you, you never get a cleanup. <laughs> but Far from he did, it. I gave him the impression that I was a Tar Heels fan, okay? Now, that's oh. not true. I'm, again, it's anybody but Duke. <laughs> so it could be anybody. <laughs> so, but obviously, the Tar Heels are their arch rival. Okay. So I, of course, have a soft spot for the Tar Heels. But believe it or not, I think I've told this on the podcast. My college team growing up was always UNLV because of Tark the Shark. I just loved him as a coach. Okay. And oh my gosh, the one year, I'll never forget it, of course, I still have it on a VCR tape somewhere in storage. Mm-hmm. The year when they went to the finals and they beat Duke by 30 points, which is just unheard of in a, in a championship game. Sure. They embarrassed Duke. They mopped him up. It was so great. <laughs> but the next season, so that was, I want to say, 1990? I don't know. Someone's going to check me on that, I'm sure. But then the next year, so I think that would be 91, obviously, then they were going undefeated the whole season. Right. And they got all the way to the Final Four, and then Duke got their revenge in the Final Four mm-hmm. and knocked them out of the mm-hmm. tournament. So they got their revenge. But, mm-hmm. man, the year before when they won that championship. Now, I also know, before we get the emails, that is a little tainted just because of that team they had. It turns out that people were buying the kids' cars and stuff like that. <laughs> Basically, they had an NBA team that year. You know, when they and they, yeah. I guess they shouldn't have. I guess there was some weird stuff, but I was in high school, so I didn't care. I was just like, they rock. So, uh, yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to clean up. Now, there's a couple things I wanted to mention, but first I wanted to go back to one of my doctor visits. Yep. Okay. Because I thought this was funny. <laughs> well, because now I'm in the land of uninsured. So I, I was cramming everything in in August. And one of the last things I had to do, I won't go into the details of why I was there, but I walk into the, you know, they bring you back, they welcome you, they bring you back into this office, and inside, there was this picture. Now, I want to say it was something from Dodger Stadium, and it had, it was, I think, from an, it wasn't an all-star game. I'm not sure what it was, but it was a picture, and it had Anthony Volpe's autograph uh-huh. on it. And I thought, oh, wow, that's cool. Now, when I saw the doctor's name, I was like, oh, that's a coincidence, I'm sure. And actually, one of my sisters was married to a Volpe back in the day. And, that, oh. you know, yeah. So, I mean, I've heard the name before. It's not like it's a new name or anything, but yeah. it's not a very common name. You know, sure. it's not Smith or, you know, whatever. Right. But so the guy walks into the office and I said to him, I said, oh, I said, you know, I'm just making chit chat before we get into what we had to get into. And I said, so are you a baseball fan? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he kind of just looked at me. So I pointed to the picture and I said, related? (laughs) He goes, oh, yeah, that's my son. (laughs) So Anthony Volpe, shortstop for the New York Yankees. Yep. His dad is now one of my doctors. Yes. I just thought that was very And he was actually probably the best doctor you've seen. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 And luckily, I was not wearing my Red Sox hat at the time. I was wearing one of the Broadway <laughs> show hats. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I actually, I pointed to my hat and he goes, I don't get it. And I went, oh, I have the wrong hat on. Because I, w- I looked at him, I go, we're not going to have any problems here, are we? Because I thought, you know, with the Red Sox right, hat, he might right. be like, oh, yeah, you know, bend over, whatever. We're gonna <laughs> get, 
<laughs> no, you know what I mean? So I was like, okay. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That was a nice way to tie up all the loose ends of the doctor's appointments. Sure. And he was. He was a really nice guy, very informative. Yep. Actually put my mind at ease on a few things because he was just like, yeah, this is silly. You're even here. Yeah. He's like, but I, it's fine. Yeah. I get why she, my other doctor sent me to him. Yeah. But he's like, no, no, you're, you're it's fine. It's fine. So yes, anyway. Okay. So there was that. I have a whole checklist of stuff. Littles, if you did not see Dion Sanders' press conference from the Colorado game, make sure you Google that. Freaking hilarious. I don't talk about, you know, sports a lot, but um, I mean, it was all over the Twitters and all over the universe here. But I mean, I still can't believe I watched the entire press conference. It was like almost 15, 17 minutes long. I've never done that, especially for a college football game ever. And this just made me laugh the entire time. Roxy's looking at me like, can we get on to non-sports stuff? Because... I'm just I'm watching you talk about it and well, shaking your head in all of these different ways because you're so excited about it. I guess I should go watch it. I at mean, least part of it. It's hilarious. Okay. It really is. Okay. Now, I also wanted to do a little more uplifting stuff before we got to this, but we had to touch upon it. I'm not sure if uh, the big show will do it tomorrow or the next day, mm-hmm. but we have to talk real quick about Jimmy Buffett before we get to the email. Yes. Because yeah. I almost want to say A1 above the fold. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that, mm-hmm. but... Connection, not really to us and the big show, except for the Broadway show. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, it's episode zero, Garcia. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Very close to Jimmy. And, yep. you know, yep. so sympathy to him and all the friends. And I've been seeing posts from our friends and people I've done shows with right. who knew him through Margaritaville, was yep. the Broadway show that he did. Yep. And, I mean, we're just going to be blind. It's not the greatest show. It's not. Oh, but it's, but it's just fun. fun. It's just fun. You go, yeah. you get a margarita. That's the key. Oh, absolutely. You got to get yes. a margarita before you go in. Mm-hmm. And then you just go in and, and, and just, just enjoy. Know what it is when you walk in. Yeah. You're not going to go see. It's not going to change your life. Yeah, but you're not, not going to go see Les Mis. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's funny. It's upbeat. It's. And Jimmy actually, Buffett. I think it was down at Toby's Dinner Theater, I think, down their way. Oh. I used to have friends down there that worked there all the okay. time. So, yeah, but. I mean, what a genius in his own way. Mm-hmm. You just can't not. That song comes on the radio. You have you don't leave the channel. Right. It's like, you know, those movies that you're, you're flipping the channels at night and a movie comes on. You're like, oh, I got to stick around for the rest of this. Yeah, or at you least just this gotta scene. Hear it. If Margaritaville comes on, you're not flipping the channel, no. I guess is my point. No. And, you know, we've been to Margaritaville's <laughs> all over the world. Yeah, we have one here in the city, too. Now. Yeah, yeah, we Times have one Square. in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we went to the one in Cozumel. Cozumel, yeah, I guess that's Cozumel. it. Cozumel. is that how you, you say? You always it? say Cozumel. Well, it's Cozumel. It's cozy. <laughs> yeah, but you got cozy with a waitress down there. Excuse I remember. Excuse me. Well, it's not. It wasn't her fault, Littles. It, wow. <laughs> well, wow. remember the way she, you, you know gotta, what I'm talking words about. Words matter, Chuck. Okay. <laughs> I think you know that. We were in the restaurant, Roxy. Yeah, I know, and there was conga lines, and then yes, they were coming around to give shots. <laughs> wow, out of, Roxy's getting. Out of test here. tubes. She wants to make sure you know, like, I didn't say you... I well, no, they tip your head back, they pour it in your mouth, and then they shake your head around a little bit, and then they <laughs> might grab some other areas, and you just kind of are, like, taken by surprise. So, you know, and then you get up in a conga line. It's great. <laughs> Littles, I might have video. If you, if you tip oy, enough, maybe we'll oy, get that on the oy. Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Let's move on. If R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. If anyone sponsors the podcast for 20 30 bucks billion dollars a month do a monthly <laughs> subscription of that then maybe maybe we'll they can see the tape we'll show the tape <laughs> 
It's not that good, Littles. But support the podcast if you want for as little as 99 cents a month. Did you know you can do that, Littles? We don't say that often enough. We get railed about that all the time. I know, but Littles you know, are like, you need to tell people that you, you can become a supporter. You all know we're bad at self-promotion. I know, but so become a supporter of the podcast. Yeah. 99 cents a month. It's eight episodes for 99 sure. cents. Sure. You know, and there's sure. different levels, and we've got our... Venmo page and all that stuff. L-L-Pod. Thirty billion dollars. Thirty billion dollars. You'll see the video. I triple dog dare you. <laughs> it's not littles. It's not that good. It's like, I'm mean, like beat red it's, right it's now. It's basically G-rated, but it's hilarious. It's not G-rated. It's all right. It's what PG-13? Probably. Okay. Yeah. It's not. It's not that good. I just want to. I don't want people giving a lot of money thinking they're going to see something you know really great. So anyway, okay, we need to move on. All right, all right, P. Jimmy Buffett. All right, P. Jimmy Buffett. Uh, we barely knew you. That's how they say it. So, all right. First one, we're going to get to the emails. Brad Phillips, episode 184. This is a question for Roxy and Sid. Now, I didn't want to save it because we don't know when she's coming back on. The lucky ladies for the Golden Bachelor have been announced. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I watched that promo video of introducing them probably like 50 times. First of all, what? they put the video to shares believe. If you believe in life after love, oh, right? Oh, I get and it. Okay. They're, I mean, it's, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Okay. When does that start? September 28th, I believe. Ooh, that's like, is that the same night as Survivor? I hope it's not. It's a Thursday. They are moving Bachelor Mondays so yes. to now Bachelor Thursday. No, Survivor's oh, Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday, Wednesday. Okay, all right. So it's the day but after. But they're so doing Bachelor in Paradise and the Golden Bachelor in the same day. Okay, all I can say is, thank goodness, I will be around for one episode. And then I I'm think you're going to be out. really into it. Okay, maybe, but then I I'm out. I actually think you're going to be into I'm it. I'm out. I'm on tour, and you, you, you'll have fun. You might have to bring your VCR with you and take it. VCR? I, don't have a, <laughs> I actually do have a VCR in the apartment. I don't think I'm going to do that. I'll just watch it online, hopefully, sure. if I really want to. But. I think you will. All right. Tony Beeson. Hmm, so the new game is who Chuck is going to call back. His guess is David Aldridge. There it is. My DA moment, he says. <laughs> Episode 9, Tony Beeson. Uh, no. No. That's and a good guess, yeah, but no. Yeah. And that phone call still hasn't happened. It's phone tag, and now some stuff's going on, but... It's all it, good. It, it'll, it'll happen eventually, right. hopefully. So, all right, Tim Cree, episode 107. Appreciate the email read. Roxy isn't a huge Bible person, huh? I'm not either. <laughs> I think because you had so much trouble pronouncing the... Well... The chapter or whatever that's... What is uh, that? The Bible verse. The Bible verse. Yeah. Okay. So, right. actually, growing up, I was very excited any chance I got to do any reading because I thought I like crushed it every time but it, you know it's been a minute so okay but in you your know. defense it wasn't like Matthew 5 7 or whatever. oh no I mean, no it no, was, no it was something no but I always liked those intricate different names yeah okay know? but if it's so. any there's a reason why I gave that email to you yeah okay. I understand yeah he also says he watched two episodes of the Jen Gardner series and said this is boring we don't care about any of this and quit watching <laughs> Well, to each their own. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but... I know. mean, I liked it more than you, Chuck. You I did? Think. I liked it. Yeah, but when I compared it to Ozark, oh, you were it's like, not oh, enough. it's not as good as Ozark. Not. I'm sorry, it's just not. And you can't dispute that because you've never seen it's Ozark. It's different. Okay, but I'm just saying, you Similar, can't... Similar, but yeah. different. Okay, all right. Chuck and Roxy enjoyed episode 258, especially the validation from Pat that the guitar is the greatest invention of all time. I knew it all along. Rick Franzosa, episode 252. <laughs> all right, then we heard from... Thomas Kettler, episode TBD, he sent me a bunch of pictures. Yep. Got to the bottom of all this. Says, Chuck and Roxy, here is a picture of my participation ribbon from the Talbot County Fair watermelon eating contest. 
everyone is a winner. <laughs> Bonus pick of farm style large stainless steel sink for Roxy. Now, I already showed that to you. Yes. The buckets, yeah. Now, these pictures he sent are freaking adorable, okay? The one, it's a small, it's obviously a small town kind of county fair type yeah. of thing. But there's this one full table of all kids, it looks like. Aww. Now, that must have been adorable to watch. I know. Okay, so I'm wondering, I don't know if there's an adult's table and a kid's table or how that worked. <laughs> but I got to the bottom. We were asking questions about how it's, is it cut? Is it strip? It's very clever the way it's cut. I don't know how they did it, but, well, I, I've seen it done like this before. But it almost looks like a bowl shape. Mm -hmm. So it's not a, what do you call the, when you cut them in slices, I guess, just yeah, a, slice. a slice. Okay, a slice. But it's kind of like almost a bowl shape. I don't mm -hmm. know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. But in other words, so it's not easy. Right. Okay. And when you get down in there, you have to get your face all in there and mush it around <laughs> to get. That's what she said. Well, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. I guess I should just post the picture. But it's not, you know, if it's just a slice, yeah. you know, you can get your whole mouth. <laughs> Be very <laughs> careful on how I say this. I, you know what I mean, little. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so I this is kind of one of those things where you have to hold it with two hands and it's almost like a bullshit where you have to. Get, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. But it's cute. It, and it's not easy. I guess. Remember how I said, oh, I'll kill this. I would kill this. Yeah. Um, this would be a little more challenging the yeah. way it's cut and everything. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> Roxy, you have the next one, right? Yes, I do. This is from Howie Stoopsy Stoops, episode 199. Who we're going to see tomorrow. Yes. Dear Chuck and Roxy, I am so excited about my lechiserie night at the Syracuse Mets Adventure on September 5th. That's tomorrow. I even made a flexible itinerary. I'm driving my Suburban from Spelled Suburban, like a name, <laughs> from Laurel, Maryland, early on the 5th. I plan on stopping at Maple Donuts in York, Pennsylvania for breakfast. I hope they will have their famous smooth peanut butter and jelly donuts. Mmm. It's then Pudgies in Binghamton for a chicken speedy? Spidey? I have no idea. That's why you're reading it. S-P-I-E-D-I-E. <laughs> Since Lupo's is closed, they are the top rated in the Binghamton area as of last year. Then off to Vesper Hills near Tully, New York for a round of golf, check into the Aloft Hotel, and then off to the game. This is so exciting. That's a big itinerary yeah. for one day. Wow. Oh, so I think it's multiple days. No? No. Oh, he maybe said not. Early okay. the fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Since Nigel has not responded to my invitation, I will be doing this trip solo. I already have my cigars and my favorite bourbon packed. I am tingly with anticipation. See you there. Howie Stoopsy Stoops, CNR number 199. And I'll get you out of here on this. Why is the Syracuse Mets Stadium on September 5th the coolest place to be? Because it will be full of fans. No, Proxy, you're supposed to pause oh. to let them think about it for a second. Well. <laughs> I'm just, I don't think I would have gotten that. I read it ahead of time, so I knew what the answer yeah. was. That's why I didn't yeah. want to respond. But, <laughs> all right, I can't wait to meet him. I know. Okay. I we're, can't believe he's playing a round of golf, too. We're going to get Driving to the from end. Maryland? We'll, we'll do that at the end. Yeah. But, uh, let's just do it now. Littles, if you're at Lachiserie, please come say hi yes, to Chuck and Roxy. Please say hi. We if will be very upset, if there's, especially if there's people that we have not met yet. Yeah. And you don't come say hi. We're not sure where we're going to be set up yet. Right. But I'm just saying, yeah. we'll try to get the word around. And yeah. we'll also come see you as much as we can. Right. But, I mean, don't be shy. Please. Don't be, who was please. that guy from L Jingle Fest? I don't remember. Okay, well, there was someone that was at Jingle Fest, and he was like, oh, I, was, I didn't yeah, want to bother you. Oh, that I remember, yes. Yeah, I mean, don't bother us, but come say hi. No, Please bother okay, us. All right. all right, now, unfortunately, we have to end with this one. This one was a little hard for me to swallow a little bit because it's from someone that I'm going to speak for both of us and say we 
love. We're yeah. Dear, dear person, one of our favorite littles, okay? And but I'm just going to read it. It says, Chuck, seriously? Give me a break. Your 60-year-old sister is too ancient to deal with a healthcare app? Bob Barker at 77 was amazing because he could still stand up and do the same show he had done for a zillion years. He could do that show in his sleep. I'm old on the calendar, even a few months older than Tony, but I don't feel old. And I have now finally matured to an 18-year-old level. I still ride a bike on and off road trails, 25 miles on hills and 13 miles on severe hills. A college classmate still plays in multiple softball leagues, both on Cape Cod and in Florida, and I can navigate my five different healthcare apps. Okay, Anita from Alaska crushes me in our trivia league, but that's not because I'm older. She is and always was smarter and better read. My life is better now than when I was your age. If you have the attitude that 25 years from now you will be a decrepit, bumbling fool, you will be. You have to stop thinking that way. But then, never mind, you have Roxy, (laughs) who is much younger and super active. Just keep up with her. You'll do fine. (laughs) P.S. I'm not going to sign off with my episode number. Remembering it will be good for your memory training. (laughs) Then the next day, we got another one. Chuck, thinking back to my tirade yesterday, I have some further reflections. I do realize that sometimes people have physical and mental issues, which make growing old much more difficult. My point, however, is that if you have the attitude that getting older means you have to, quote, grow old, you will. Keeping active and having a good attitude cannot overcome the various diseases, but it will keep you otherwise from growing old. This is from Ed Butt, episode 51. Uh I was, Roxy can attest to this. I was like, I just sat there when I read this. I, it sounded like he was upset, you know, and he, it sounds like he is. Now, I don't even know where to begin, but we don't have that much time left, but I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I will say, and maybe it's my sister's fault. I don't know. I, my one sister doesn't even have email anymore. I don't think. Yeah. And well, I read that part and I said, yeah, she can't, she can't, she probably couldn't. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm grateful that he can navigate how many apps or healthcare apps that he has. But we also talked about this. This isn't, this is not a, this was not a comment on age. This was a comment on technology. Technology. Yeah. And keeping up with the technology. Right. That's That's where I was going. And I I feel bad that I feel like it was misconstrued a little bit. I mean, there are times where you ask me and I don't have a clue and I'm the millennial of this relationship. Like I feel like I should know and I don't. So, Ed, um, I completely agree with you. One hundred thousand bazillion percent. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you have that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to you're just going to grow old. Yeah. And I, I sad to say I'll talk about this. My mom had that problem, I think. Mm-hmm. And I fear for Roxy sometimes because of our age difference. Mm-hmm. And I hope and I think because of the experience I had seeing my mom and dad, I won't let you go there. You yeah. Know? But my mom kind of grew old when she really wasn't old. But because my father was so much older. Right. And so I understand what he's saying, and he's absolutely correct. Right. So thank you for the email. I hope I didn't upset you that much. <laughs> I almost called him. I almost like emailed him and called him because I was like, let's talk this out. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want him to be upset with us. And mm-hmm. um, I guess my comments came across that way, and I feel bad. 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. Get out there, get your exercise. Stay young is yeah. the best way to do it. I always so. say, if you can move even one part of your body, move it for as long as possible. Absolutely. So. so Last but certainly not least, <laughs> I love that you know where this is going. <laughs> Dearest Choxie, with Carol and Michael out of the mix on the teased phone call, that leaves three possible key guests that haven't already been on the Loyal Littles podcast. Nigel, Greg Garcia, or TK himself. Garcia is the most likely guest. With his industry on strike, he might have a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> on the other hand, he has nothing to plug with everything shut down. <laughs> Nigel, let's face it, he's a criminal. 
Like Henry Hill at the end of Goodfellas, his life is a frantic mess with him burning it at both ends. He's barely one step ahead of the law. It's probably high time he creates another identity to stay out of jail on an R.I.C.O. violation. That leaves T.K. himself. He did say there won't be a show on Monday, and you said there will be a show on Monday. Very true. It's T.K. He's the phone call. (laughs) Look, I can't let this slide. What the hell kind of hoodlums do you hang out with while on tour? They basically bum rush the showcase showdown and climb on top of the car while the credits roll on The Price is Right. (laughs) Bob Barker is not to be messed with. Have you seen Happy Gilmore? Yes. (laughs) He could probably kick the cast of Miss Saigon off the car, out of the studio, and off the lot. Yep. Episode 62 sent in the email sign-off with there is nothing better than a hockey segment or something. It doesn't matter because the entire email was about pro football. (laughs) Oh. Look. I know this is a family show, but the number of times Roxy says stuff like, just slide it in there, is too many to handle. Wait, do I really say that a lot? I guess. Well, hello. What about today's episode? Oh, boy. We either got to go full on, that's what she said, or the overworked Lewis needs to get on the ball editing. (laughs) Or maybe it can be a game where Little send in a time mark and simply just say, that's what she said. That. Let's do that. I like that. (laughs) True story. Totally true story. I had my wisdom teeth removed as an adult. They were fully grown teeth, but the roots grew so long, I was getting headaches because they pierced through my nasal cavity. Yikes. What the what? Ouch. So I bit the bullet and had them removed, but I demanded that they put me under because I knew they were going to be a bitch to get out. I kid you not, I wake up with the surgeon's foot on my shoulder and pulling my tooth out with all his might. What? Okay, I, yeah, I don't get this. Fast forward to the end, and I asked the assistant if I could take my teeth home, and she says, absolutely not. You were the worst patient. <laughs> that I believe. And then she shows me the bloody teeth for two seconds, and they looked like <laughs> daggers that had just been used to kill a wild boar. <laughs> Episode 178, ABTAHS, let's keep it between us. We will not do better the next time. Yikes. Wow. I'm never getting my wisdom teeth out. <laughs> you might have to. Please don't make me. Okay. Littles, if you're in the area, make sure you come out to La Cheeserie Night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I and can't please, wait. please, please say hi. I yes. don't want to hear in two months, oh, I was at La Cheeserie Night, but I was too shy and didn't want to say hi. Well, Claire won't let that happen. Yeah, that's true. Claire's <laughs> going to be there. And Dina? Dina's going to be yeah. there? That's what I mean. Heavy hitter. Just get there. Yes. Get there. Yes. All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. And remember, if you listen to us on iTunes and Apple and all that stuff, please, please, please give us a nice rate and review over there. Roxy, if you need self-care. Go to modernselfcare.us. And if you need a book. Go to aaronsbooks.com. And to get your discount, make sure you use our code. LLPOD. And then, don't forget, October 14th, the We Rock Cancer event featuring the Pat McGee Band. You're not going to want to miss that. Nope. And most importantly, you get your tickets. Go to their website. Rock at werockcancer.org. And make sure you use our other code. Choxy. And you will get 20% off your tickets. So make sure you do that. It's for a great cause. You can get scanned for skin cancer while you're there. Yes. And enjoy some of this amazing music. So yes. don't forget to do that. But Littles, by now, you should understand and know the most important part about all of this is don't forget to... Use the code. Don't be a dope. Bye. Wow. Yo. I've never seen a Duke guy be this nice.
Something feels so loud The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Do you believe? Oh, yeah. Next question.